Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen, whenever you are and wherever you are listening to us. Thank you for tuning in to the DMV Sports Roundtable, where I am joined by WTOP Sports Director George Wallace, as well as Jamal Bowens of WTOP, and Chris Chase, friend of the program who joins us every single week during the Redskins Roundtable, which will air during the season as we are getting closer and closer gentlemen thank you for all joining us here and you can check us out every week on podcast one itunes wtop.com airways wtop's website we're all over the place and so is george wallace who's going to be speaking with us first He's been down in Richmond. He has seen the circus catches from Terrell Pryor. He has seen all of the injuries. George, shall we be freaking out about any of the rather sort of dire situations when it comes to the linebacker position, maybe Samaje Piran's pass protection problems? What is the most <laughs> telling thing you've seen so far in Richmond? First of all, I like how you describe Chris Chase as a friend of the friend program. Of the- <laughs> I got, you know, I- Absolutely. Was that worry you a little bit? You know. No, this guy never worries me. I take his stuff, and uh, when I when I'm looking at the Vegas lines on Sunday, I use his info. Uh, you know, I don't know if you freak out. I mean, you know, the news came out today that Cravens is having his had knee surgery, which yeah. is always very interesting in the, the way Redskins do things. I'm waiting for the Jordan Reed surgery to come out too. But uh, Trent Murphy, I think, is going to be a decent loss, a big loss. He was having a pretty good camp. Junior Gallette. You know, he's dealing with the hamstring, but they're going to give him every bit of an opportunity to play. Even Doug Williams told us that the other day, last day down in Richmond, because of how hard he's worked. So, uh, you know, I don't think any of the injuries are that dire right now. And then, of course, Murphy is lost for the year. Jordan Reed is, you know, just he, he says there'll be no doubt he's ready for the season, but we'll have to wait and see there. But, uh, you know, the other one, who else did you mention? Oh, P. Rhyme? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to, you know. I'm going to chalk that up to first game jitters for right now. I'll give him a pass. We'll see. He, pass he did fumble, one. and the next play dropped, dropped the ball. The but, you know, we'll see as he gets more and more, uh, you know, acclimated but uh, into this preseason. But we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I, I think you'll see the starters probably close to a quarter on Saturday night, I would think. And then uh, they need it. You know, yeah, I mean, you can't. I would have put him out there for at least one more drive. He wasn't to, going to do it, though. It was, but just to get something positive. They didn't even get a first down. At least to put him just at least to get a first down get a and have something positive. I can't judge the offense at all from the first game because the, off, the offensive line was so terrible. I can't judge the running that's game. What, that's what I can only judge one pass and, and that Cousins threw the prior, and it was a bad pass. The, one, the thing that I would say should worry people the most would be the offensive line, just because, you know, regardless. And now keep in mind when you, when you, you know, you don't game plan at all for the Ravens' defense. But this is what happens also when you don't have another team in camp or you don't scrimmage anybody else. Yeah. The first time you go out there, you have six plays of your plays, regardless of what their defense is, and you don't adjust, you don't you know audible out of anything. You're just running the plays. So, you know, you can't judge anything. But at the same time, the lackluster. Performance from the offensive line would well, bother you don't, me a little. You don't bit. have to game plan to block. That's what I'm saying. And, and they shouldn't, regardless of what's called. Yeah. You should be able to get a yard. And regardless and the, other thing, of, the other thing is that I'm not going to put on Jay, and I'm going to put on players. Is uh, you know, if you have those six plays that you know you're going to get, and that's it. Right. They should execute. You would think as a competitor, you want to go out and execute. I understand you don't want to get hurt. And Josh Norman told me after the game, he goes, look, I barely have my shoes tied. We weren't going to get in any sort of the, you know, mm-hmm. play anything. But as a competitor, you don't want to get your butt kicked. And then, you know, 
knowing that you're only going to get that many plays. You're still playing. You know what I mean? You're still, you should still want to compete. And if there's only six plays, know your assignment. We saw in a lot of those uh, busted plays, a lot of the time when the Ravens got into the backfield and got to Rob Kelly, people didn't know their assignments. Somebody picked up the wrong block. Somebody went through the wrong gap. If you only have six plays, at least know them. Yeah. At least be able to execute those six plays if you know that's see, all that's going to be asked of you. I think you'll see a different, you know, a, a different attitude come uh, Saturday night. And Kirk called it a wake-up call. I mean, at this point, you shouldn't need a wake-up call. No. But I mean, Jay said, I mean, I, I asked Jay in the press conference about his, the, you know, the team's response, and he says honestly, he says I think we've had two of our best days as of late as far mm. as physicalness, you know, after that game. So, I mean, oh, I mean George, do you think that when Cousins says that it's a wake-up call, that he buys that at all? Mm-hmm. Do you think he cares in the least bit? Or is he like Norman, and he's saying, this is the first game, we had two reps, it doesn't matter, they don't want to end up like Bryce Harper on first base and, you know, hyperextending a knee or whatever, they just want to get to week one? I mean, yeah. do you think that there is a sense of urgency to do well in week two, or are they just going through the motions and they're going to, you know, get to business in week one, which is when the only time it matters. And that's all you're right. And and I do. I I think that they care about this preseason at all. No. And I mean, you saying it's a wake up call is probably the right thing to say just because everybody freaks out. Look, as bad as it is. I mean, you know, cousins, we had six plays and and one of the reporters, I don't remember who it was, is is dissecting cousins, the only pass. I mean, that's just how starved people are for this stuff. But you know, these guys, all they care about is week one, and that's fine, uh, and I understand that. I don't want anybody to get injured either. Preseason's awful. I totally understand that. But at the same time, these guys haven't accomplished anything. Right. Like that's that's my whole thing, you know. And as, uh, you know, they haven't accomplished anything. So, for me, you, you can't just walk out there and no. flip the switch. I mean, if that- you're the Patriots and you say, Tom Brady says, all we're looking for is week one and get into the season. Well, yeah, because all they're trying to right. do is get to the Super Bowl, right. which they've done. Like you said, this team hasn't accomplished anything yet. So you need to take all the strides you can, whether it be preseason, to get a rhythm, get into the regular season. You can't just walk into the regular season and flip a switch. They tried it last year. It didn't work. Yeah. It took three or four games Remember for Cousins, Cousins to get rolling. Even, Cousins didn't even play that second preseason game last year, which no. I completely forgot. He played one one series against Atlanta, second one he sat and then they came out in the third preseason game and played terribly. Mm-hmm. And it, and then that rolled right into the regular season because he got off to a very rough start against uh, the Steelers week one on Monday night. The rest of the team looked rusty. And then they went from there. And it took Cousins maybe, you know, three games to really get into some sort of a rhythm. Yeah, no. So George said something that sort of touched me when that was the offensive line that was not really supposed to be an issue coming into this year so is it just a learning to play together cohesively now as we are in the preseason and you guys aren't as worried about that or i mean i'm not going to go crazy about it because that is supposed to be that unit supposed to be a lot stronger than it looked on the flip side of that the defensive line surprised the hell out of me I mean, I didn't, in, in all respect to Phil Taylor, I didn't think Phil Taylor had anything left in the tank, but he looks great. He's been one of the surprises. And you know what? And, and, and I think it's this. Phil's been hurt and on the sidelines so long that his body doesn't have any wear and tear on it. He doesn't have a lot of tread that, that players that have been around as long as he has, you know, have on their body. So if he is 100%, which he looks 100% healthy, then, you know, you're getting 
almost a, a almost a younger version of Phil Taylor, and and it, he he looks explosive up front. I like the way. He, and Zach Brown, let's just stop playing with Zach Brown and just let him stop. No, he's gonna, it, let, let's stop with the Compton thing. It's, you know, have them flip a coin and, and decide mm-hmm. between Foster and Compton. I think it'll be Brown and Foster because I think they played a lot better together. But you can tell as soon as Zach Brown got into the game, his impact was almost immediate. You know, he got in Phil, would push up the front, and he'd be right behind him, you know, smacking people. So let's let the competition be between Foster and Compton. Brown is your starter in middle linebacker. What about uh, AJ Francis? I like AJ Francis too. I mean, Washington's own. We're, we're going to have to. I don't know if he's going to be around. I don't. He, maybe not. He's a fringe guy. Um, Joey Mabu is another guy that you put in there. McLean and McGee. It, everybody else is rotational. I love what I saw from Jonathan Allen, of course, and he's just going to get better. He's going to be eventually the anchor of that line. Now you look at I'm Phil. I'm pretty impressed. Did you actually watch the whole, you watch the game? I did. Chris, mm-hmm. did you watch the game? No, <laughs> I did not. I did. I did. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sound knowledgeable here about what happened in the game, but I couldn't even stomach it after. The, I watched the first possession, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I watched I it more than once. It. it was uh, it, it was so it was just it's unwatchable. Well, it I mean, is. You're right. It, these week one games and these week four preseason games are so bad and so meaningless. And I look, I love when you get the guys who come out of nowhere and have great preseasons and you hope they make the team and you watch the last cuts to see whether they do or not. But it's just, it doesn't matter. And, you know, there's, there's four things that are certain in Washington in August and it's, you know, death, taxes, Redskins quarterback controversy and people overreacting to the Redskins preseason games. And I mean, the, the two famous examples and they're thrown around all the time. 1991, the year they went 14 and two won the Super Bowl were one of the best teams of all time. They went one and three in the preseason, came out in their first preseason game in Pittsburgh and basically did nothing. Mark Rippon looked terrible. Yep. Then you had the Steve Spurrier. I was waiting for that one. Yeah. The, the famous Osaka game yes, where they looked yes, like the, the 99 Rams and everyone thought that well, they scored 50, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 50 against the Niners. Yeah. Everyone thought that this was going to be the high-flying Florida offense of Steve Spurrier, and we all know how that ended. So I just I can't get too worked up in it. The offense. I do agree with one thing that you all are saying. Uh, Jamal said it that the offensive line is something that you can kind of get a read on in these games, and it was a little distressing that they just sort of looked lost. But if you're not playing to win and you're playing to not get hurt, then you can see, you know, missing a step here and there. You saw it with a couple of guys. You saw it with Moses at one point. He just didn't look like he was going to – he almost looked like Albert Hainsworth and the fact that he just didn't want to touch a guy because what's the point? I mean, it doesn't matter if Kelly or whoever gets a yard or two. I also heard the Reds – by the way, I did hear that the Redskins running back class is the – Tops in the NFL, <laughs> according to the broadcast. So that's I wish exciting. I had heard that. Wow. for all of us. How was it? How did he come off with that? I, I wish I had heard that. I never saw the video. I don't remember. So, I, didn't, I didn't hear that part. Clinton. So okay. So if you if you didn't see it, Clinton Portis is was a sideline reporter. And look, everyone loves Clinton Portis. I love Clinton Portis. Uh, loved watching him play. Loved hearing him talk. But he was a little nervous in his fur in in this uh, 2017 opener, and he was talking about the running back situation, the one we were talking about earlier. And he said, you know, pretty much no doubt that the Redskins' offense uh, running backs is the top unit in the league. And you're like looking at 
the roster. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm like, did Riggins come back? Okay, I don't know. Is Portis playing again? Right. Now, one of the things you can look at with the offensive line is uh, that Trent Williams on a vegan diet. That's worked for Tom Brady in his career. So yeah. uh, I like that a little bit. Gruden, you know, Gruden I, was funny. He said that he gets, talks about Trent. He goes, and he, he's, he's even a vegan now, whatever that means. <laughs> it, it works for Trent. Is not working for Kaepernick. No, no. You notice that he went to that. I'm not. I'm not getting back on that topic. Yeah. But he went to that, and that's not helping him at all because he's got a lot skinnier. Trent looks. He looks. But like, he. Trent is is looks like he's in. He's in the right place. Yeah. He looks like he's he's in great shape. He's still big, but slim enough to move. And I think here's what's going to happen this week. They'll come out. They'll have a couple good drives, and everybody's going to is 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 going to you know anoint them to whatever they're going to be. Well, so that's the problem. The overreaction, the overreaction is what gets me. Even in even in our job, I mean, like I said, the guy he's asking cousins about what happened on that pass to prior. I mean, because he's looking for something. He got to write know, something. But that's the thing. Instead of just you know, and and Will Compton to Chris's point about you're talking about the preseasons, Will said. He said, look, we didn't get hurt. We had two three and outs. That's what we wanted on defense. Yeah. He says, <clears throat> and then um, talking about does the preseason matter and this and that, he goes, no. He goes, we went, my, he goes, my first year we were 4-0 easily in the preseason, went 3-13. and right. It's nothing. I think I look at it differently. You know, I don't look at it for wins and losses. I look at it from a maybe like a talent evaluator sort of thing where I look for guys, draft picks, undrafted guys, friends, guys that could make the team. Um, guys that I, I'm looking for, um, Nico Marley popped up out of nowhere. Little five eight Nico Marley made some great plays. I root for the guy, but at five eight, now I don't know. And now Joe Thasman tried to compare him to Sam Mills. Okay, they're both five eight. That's where the comparison stops. Yeah, because Sam Mills was five eight, but he was two hundred plus pounds. And he has some thump with him, and and you can't you and you're not going to blame Nico. I mean, Nico played against what whatever third, fourth, whatever yeah. play, but he did he did a job what he's supposed yeah. to do. Now he here's the thing: is Nico going to be like? And I'm going to quiz you guys: is Nico going to be like? Okay, who was a couple of the preseason favorites? Marcus Mason, right? Right. Or Marcus Mason. Colt Brennan. Okay, Colt Brennan. But here's the other question. Here's the other quiz. Who's the here's wide receiver? Well, though? okay, I know the answer to that. I'm going to see if you guys yeah. know. I don't remember who's his name. the wide receiver, Chris. A few years ago, I know who you're talking about. I don't and remember he the played, and he may have made the team, but he played a couple games. And didn't he, I don't know if he he actually that. he went to when he got cut here. He went to Detroit. Okay, who was it? I know the answer to this. I don't know. We're quizzing. We're talking about this. Do you day. know what are you on your phone? Because I see you. No, your phone. I know. Are you googling right now? I know. I was going to ask you the question. I know the answer. I know the answer. I don't know it off the top of my head though. It'll come to me, Chris. Is it, it, uh, was it Rashad Ross? No, no, no not he, him. Because he made the team. He not won, him. but he, he made was the, he was a tall receiver. Yeah. I know who he is, but I can't. The name is escaping me. This is fun. Just tell us the name, George. I want to see if Chris gets a chance. We don't he have knows. time for all this. Yeah, we got plenty of time. <laughs> Oh, and for a first initial, give me the first initial here. Marco Mitchell. No, you got him. Oh, there I told you to come to me. Marco Mitchell, I got him. That's it. There I knew it would come to me. Yeah, you, to your point, it's always, you know, guys like that. You Dave Offenberg. Mason was the, you know, he was a poster boy for many years. Colt Brennan had his own mm-hmm. Colt following, following, you know. But everybody roots for the underdog. But I just look to see, you know, the, the draft picks. Ryan Anderson played terrific to me. Yep. Whether it was first team, second team, he played great. That's why, to your point about uh, missing Murphy, yeah, it's a blow, but then there's also an opportunity for Anderson to get time. You still have yeah. Preston Smith 
and if Gillette is truly healthy, that group is still yeah. intact. Even without Murphy, mm-hmm. that group is still good and has the potential to be maybe the best unit on the defense. I agree. And Anderson's just going to step up quicker. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not as devastated by the loss of, of Trent Murphy because I know no, that Anderson right. can that step right in. That is a position that they have some depth. Yeah. yeah. So I do want to talk about a little bit of fantasy football this afternoon here on the DMV Sports Roundtable. And I got a text last night, and it's about Jordan Reed. And the guy goes to me, he goes, I have the choice of keeping Tyrell Hill, Ty, Tyreek Hill, Tyrell Hill, Tyreek Hill, say, Tyrell Hill in the 10th round or Jordan Reed in the 10th round. And he, he goes to me, Jordan Reed, right? And I said, no. And no, I said, the I reason agree, being is Tyreek Hill is the number one receiver there in Kansas City, number two target behind Travis Kelsey. He's Dejon Jackson type gadget player that Andy Reed likes. Right. And to me, I'm worried about Jordan Reed. He can say all he wants. He feels great about the toe. I'm not even so much worried about that. I'm, he takes a pop. He gets concussed this year. His career's over. So what do you guys think about that? My, I heard I, you say my you know. thing is, is, is this. Um, two things. Number one, who do you have? Who's your backup? You know, you got to get a decent backup tight end. Because if you do get Jordan Reed, you want to get a, a Martellus Bennett or somebody else later on, um, your Eric Ebron late, to you know, kind of uh, just in case as a, as a, you know, safety precaution. But I say Jordan Reed because – the top tier of tight ends is tight. There is, yeah, you're right. It, wide receiver this year is very, very deep. I mean, to the point where you can get Randall Cobb, you know, might not even get drafted. I got, I hate to say right now, and I'm, I'm shameful of this, but I think I have close to 20 teams already. Man, and, nothing uh, shameful <laughs> about that, man. That's how you get wait, prepared wait, for wait, the wait, season. Wait, wait. You yeah. have 20 fantasy teams? Yeah. You know what it is, George? I'm addicted to the draft. So, did you keep up with all of them? I do. Did you draft Zeke on any of those teams? I did. And what are you doing? You get McFadden immediately because Alfred Morris ain't gonna be the guy. I'm not messing with that backfield at all. Alfred, Alfred. Uh, you're the only one I think that said that. I think Alfred. No, they're gonna give Alfred a chance. Watch. They might because Alfred in that first game, I don't. I didn't watch all of the Rams game, but that first game, Alfred came out like he had some juice left. He looked good. Well, he he knows now that he's got a shot. Oh yeah. But I wouldn't mess with that backfield just because of this. It is a very good chance that McFadden didn't play well on Saturday, that none of the three, and Rod, Rod, excuse me, Rod Smith is also in that mix, who is Jalen Smith's yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, they said He's they also want him to mix. emerge there. So you could very easily fall into a committee. And I stay away from, which is hard to do these days because everybody has one, but it's better to have a committee of two rather than a committee of three. And then you have two veterans. McFadden is not always healthy. He went through healthy the season before. Then he got hurt last year. So I'm not sold on his health. I'm not going to run out and grab him. And I'm not going to run out and grab Alfred just because I don't know which way they're going to go. Because Smith could jump up, and then he could be the guy, or they could just be totally go to a committee. But uh, back to what I was saying before. 20 teams. 20. Because you know what? Now they have those instant live drafts. Yeah. You can get right into a league. Sometimes I get a little, I get a little carried away. I, I'm sorry, I get carried away sometimes. So I've got a couple Twitter leagues. I've got a. Uh, uh, I'm going to add some more Yahoo money leagues. I only have one of those. I got to get some more money leagues. That was my next question. Is it all? Are they all money leagues? No, they're not all money. They're not, unfortunately. That's the sad part about it. Well, it's not sad with 20 teams. You mean? I'm going to add some more money leagues. But I mean, you know, I got addicted to the uh, draft process. I can't even do any more on NFL.com. <laughs> I've, I've I've reached my maximum. Are you doing our league here? No, because they got. I went to Chris comes back in because he's the commissioner. 
they got y'all got some funky rules. I just, it's just weird. About it. I know. It's, it's, it's and, a whole other story. and it's too many teams. <laughs> I draw the line. I might go fourteen, but ten to twelve. That's that's right in my range. Or you could be like Chris and I get the last, the second to last, or last pick in each round. Or last every year. Wow. But, yeah, the, it's, but the last pick's not terrible because you got the snake pick. How many teams right. did y'all have last year? And then we, and then we choose Ryan Matthews at some point, like the 10th round. <laughs> he doesn't have, always he, works who, out. As of today, he doesn't have cut, a job. You see that? He was cut today. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have a job. It's, no it's not going to stop us from taking the right. throw, George. Uh, no, the, well, this year you're going to be at the draft. It's going to be a little better communication. How many How many? So the, the, the number of teams is an issue I have as well. But last year we had 17, which was Which is actually down. Yes, is down. Because so I remember good. when... Uh, We've had they've had over twenty, which is Jaka- not- yeah. That's what Jakaitis was trying to get me to do it a couple of years ago, and he, I said, "How many teams? Yeah, oh, it's about twenty-two. No, no. way too many." Because at but certain I'm, point, I'm just confused, Jamal. You're on twenty fantasy teams yeah. with strangers, and you won't join one with your coworkers and friends because <laughs> they have I'm, weird I'm, rules. I'm, I'm baffled by that. Okay. The, the computer the, the, does all the rules no, 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 for no. you. The rules that that you guys have, I agree. Go, it it kind of goes counter. I agree with the rules too. But I don't it, like go, it goes counter to my philosophy in how I operate my fantasy team. Okay, I worked the waiver wire. I would. I, I've been known to make upwards of thirty-five or thirty-six transactions in a season. Okay, I'm always changing the team that I have in the beginning of the season. Won't look the, look the same as the team I have at the end of the season. That's fine. Problem is, you guys charge five dollars a transaction. Five dollars a transaction. And if yeah. I know that I'm prone to make thirty plus transactions, I'm not paying five dollars a pop every time I do something. That's fair. Then on top of that, I might not be able to do that, use that philosophy because with seventeen teams, there's nobody on the waiver wire. During the draft, you're drafting people that might not even play. I know. It's it's tough. And the commissioner, I don't I, know if the commissioner has a number of teams this year yet. Do we have a number of teams? How many yet, Chris? Uh, we probably will be right around the 18 mark again yeah, this year. A couple no. of uh, new people coming <laughs> that's in. A, that's a no for me. We don't, but, want any, we don't have no room for new people. But listen, the $600 that you make even uh, if you're in third place is uh, pretty nice, I must say. That's, that's the enticing part. That's the enticing part. All right, so we're, let's move on to the quarterback no, position. No, we're having fun talking about Jamal's 20 teams here, okay? <laughs> well, this, so, right, so then he's going to be well-versed in uh, this next By quarterback position. By the way, should we, should we let everybody know that uh, Dimitri Sotis is on a three-week vacation? He's yes, not be joining us yes three and, and Chris is, is uh, filling well, in. Well, I haven't asked Chris if he wants to join us the next two weeks, but now that we just did, if he's around, he can yeah. you know. Dude, yeah. I'm, un- I'm unemployed and cashing a check. I'm good to go. I was like, Chris ain't doing enough. Well, perfect. So Jamal's seen a lot of these quarterbacks here. And yeah. the number nine quarterback right now in terms of ADP is Kirk Cousins. He is uh, on Fantasy Kirk. Pros. Yeah, so would I've you rather... Kirk started on a couple teams. Would oh, you rather team. have the, the the guy in front of him and the guy, the guy in front of him is Cam Newton. The guy behind him is Marcus Mariota. Jameis Winston coming in at number 11 in terms of ADP right now at quarterback. So out of that group of four there, which one of these quarterbacks would you say I want to have on my fantasy team? The main one, Jamal, out of your 20, your biggest pop Uh, one, which of those four? I've got all of them. (laughs) And which one do you feel the best about? You know what? I don't. Cam Newton coming with a lot of. uh, This totally made my day, by the way. If I had to rank them, and who who did you say? You said Mariota, Newton, Cousins. Winston. In Winston. I would go Mariota, Cousins, Winston. Yeah, I mean, you could uh, Cousins and Winston could be interchangeable. Cam, I would put Cam. Uh, yeah, just because they Ron Rivera has come out and said they're trying to throw shorter passes, dink and dunk. They're not, they don't want him to go down the field as much, which could affect his numbers. 
And I'm not sure him and Luck, you know, they're not necessarily healthy, especially Luck. I'm really, even though I do have Luck, I'm really kind of, you know, hesitant on him. But Cam is throwing, but, you know, I don't, he's, he's not healthy. Yeah. So Mariota has got a lot of weapons around him, just like Jameis has a lot of weapons around him. Mariota, but Mariota is the only runner. Cam's a runner also, but they don't want him to do it as much. No, no, he's they taking want, they, a beating over exactly, his career. They want, they want him to reel that back. So Mariota is the only dual-threat quarterback on that list. You don't want Cousins running either. Oh, no, Cousins don't want Cousins running. I know. Yeah, I, I would go Cousins here personally out of this group, even with the departure of Deshaun and Pierre Garçon. Uh, I mean, he's going to put up numbers. I, I mean, 70% pass, completion guys. percentage past two years, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, to me, he's the one that has the least question marks. Mariota, I, I certainly like him, but he's still kind of a young quarterback coming into his own here. I think that's a team that probably is going to want to run the football more than most people expect uh, when you have Derrick Henry there. But he's also uh, part of their running game, though. He is. He certainly is. And Jameis Winston, to me, he has all the tools at his disposal. I just yeah. still worry about the erratic play, and there are those games where he'll throw four interceptions. So, birthday boy, what do you say? Well, you know, I think Mariota, the reason I wouldn't choose him is just because of the injuries and how he's banged up. And when you pick a quarterback in fantasy, I mean, obviously you can't say this guy's going to be healthy for 16 weeks. But if you take – there are risks to take, and Cam Newton's a risk because he takes the hits and gets the concussions. And Mariota's a risk, and, and Winston's a risk also. Cousins, to me, seems like he's a guy who's probably going to play 16 games. Now, obviously, he could tear an ACL on one slippery oh, field no. or one one hit but that's the way i look at i look at the uh the quarterback position but i think to kind of twist your question a little bit do i want one of those four quarterbacks that i can get at eight nine ten eleven somewhere at the end of a draft if you're in a 12 team league and you can get cousins in the you know what seventh eighth round when nobody else needs a quarterback i would much rather have cousins there than Aaron Rodgers, wherever yeah. he is going to go yeah. as the number one quarterback. I just don't think quarterback is that valuable a position. The difference between Rodgers and Cousins, I think, is negligible. And you can't even say that Rodgers is going to have that great a year. So if you're going to just give me a guy, I think the difference in the points between the best quarterback and the 10th best quarterback are so hard to predict that I'd rather go and get the receivers that you know are going to be money, the running backs that you hope are going to be, and go go from there. Also, I wouldn't touch Jordan Reed with, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't even get Jordan Reed's sc- uh, name on my screen for fear of the computer crashing. So uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't touch him. But, you know, I love every year it's, uh, oh, you know, if Jordan Reed is healthy. Well, yeah, if I was six seven and could dunk, I'd be in the NBA. But Jordan Reed's not healthy, and he's not, you know, he's maybe, what, 10 games, 11 games would be great. What do you mean? I mean it's the same I'm thing take, as Josh Doxson. I mean, it'd be great if he plays 10, 11, 12 I'm games. Still, I'm I think that'd be a victory. A all right, so what did, Reed, what did Reed miss last year? I forgot. How many? Two, three? Uh, I thought it was five. But five? I uh, let's check his what game log was? here. In the moment from rotoworld.com as I am stalling here. Jordan Reed played 12 games last okay. year. So he missed four. Uh, I'm still taking the risk. Still scored I mean, that's six Cal Ripkean for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I still take the I, risk. I, I guess the ri- I mean, prior year, 14, and then in 2014, 11. So at least he's playing double-digit games. But see, I pad my bench. To me, it's not about – I don't judge a draft based on the starters because you should have good starters if you know what you're doing. My thing is 
what does your bench look like? And if I have Reed, then I'm definitely going to have a quality tight end behind him. Do you have him. him on your teams? I do. What? Well, of course you do. What, I, I, uh, I got to pull him up real No, quick. I'm just curious on when you took him. And when you pull that well, up. This is what I do. I take, depending on who's there uh, early on, I take the best wide receiver or best running back, preferably running back, because running back runs out quick. So I usually go, you know, if it's. Antonio Brown or Julio Jones, and I'm taking them, or you know AJ right. or something like that, depending on where I'm picking. If not, I'll take the top running back. So I'll go running back, a wide receiver, next round. If I take a running back, then I'll go wide receiver. Then I go back to running back. I'll go back to wide receiver, tight end in the fifth, quarterback in the sixth, and then you go, you fill in from there. Then I go uh, back to uh, depending on if it's Yahoo, third receiver, if it's NFL or. Uh, ESPN, then I'll go to the flex, you know, but it, it also depends on how the board works, but that's, that's my usual scripted plan for how I'm going to select a player. Well, Chris, we haven't taken a quarterback in, in our league, or, I mean, because... Like, I don't take QBs early. No, right? Right. There's no point. It, it, it works. If you wait for, I mean, even last year, Phillip Rivers, if you wait for these guys, yeah. they're going to produce for you, unless you get... A guy who's 20 to 30, or 20 to 32, I should say. Last year then, we had Brady because we took, remember the suspension? Oh, yes. We were, we, we had great foresight with Brady. We took Garoppolo and it also. Propelled us to a, what, ninth place finish? Yeah, uh, but, yeah. Thanks, Tom. Uh, but, okay, so I just did some math. So, uh, Jamal, to get back to this 20 teams, which is just unbelievable, I'm calling the folks. <laughs> I, and, I, and I'm not right done now. yet. That's the funny so, part. I'm not done. So he okay. So right now, Jamal has twenty teams. If you figure, you know, the usual amount of teams, he has three hundred players. Now, obviously, there's going to be some overlap there. He's going to have Jordan Reed and all twenty or whatever. But there's only about six hundred fifty offensive players in the NFL, which means there's a possibility that the, by the time it's all over, Jamal is going to have half of the NFL <laughs> on his fantasy <laughs> roster, and that it's is true. going to cause some amazing. Just I mean, every game it's going to be him rooting it's against. Exciting. One player and four one player because they're on different teams and opponents have them. Yeah. I think it's great, and I think that's we what should red zone this. is for. That's, I, red zone is my favorite thing because I'm always see, I want to see you. hard knocks Jamal Bowen's 2017 <laughs> fantasy season. Like for this particular team, I just I just pulled this one up. This is one of my ESPNs. We talking quarterbacks. Oh wait, so I, don't I know took Russell. Good. You have dra- people have had draft. You've had drafts already. Already, they start earlier and earlier now. Okay. You know, you don't have to wait until, you know, right before the season like right. you used to. I guess I'm not up on it. Like this particular team, I, I took Russell Wilson most likely in the sixth round. And I came back later on and got James Winston as my backup. That's that's a good one-two combination. So that's, and, and most of my, all of my teams are like that. Um, unless, you know, some of those guys are gone and I have to get Stafford. Mm-hmm. But Stafford's not bad. You know, Stafford still puts up numbers just like, you know, Kirk Cousins will put up numbers. So it, it, it's not a bad thing. You know, my main thing was getting certain running backs because after a while, running backs get iffy. You know, you get into Marshawn Lynch and then, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Fournette and mixing. you get into the rookies and you're not really sure what you have there. I don't want – I want C.J. Anderson on my bench not starting for me. You know, okay. I, don't, I don't want Ty Montgomery starting for me. I want him on my bench or Eddie Lacy. I don't want to touch Carlos Hyde at all. But those sort of running backs, I'd rather have them on my bench. So running back, I got to go early. Lamar Miller, Gurley, and, 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 you know, the top tier 
or the guys under the top tier. I'm a running back. You got running backs early, is, I, I think, is the way to go. You have to. Yeah. Because if you don't take a running back early, you they're going to be gone. The quality running backs are going to be gone. You're not going to have any stud running backs left if you don't take them early. So, I mean, I see people. When I look at people's teams and I see them with A.J. Green and Des Bryant and, and you know, top two or three top wide receivers, I know their running backs are garbage. Mm-hmm. Because by the time they got to those running backs, they were gone, depending on how their board went. And I mean, you know, that's the beauty of fantasy, though, is that everyone's going to sit here in August and early September when they're doing the drafts, and they're going to say, okay, well, obviously, if I get Levy and Bell, then I have the best team. Uh, no. You know, if I if I get if I get uh, Hyde, people are very high on Carlos Hyde from you know. Uh, I don't see have the why. Best team. But we if you look at year. the guys last mm-hmm. year who went very high, I mean, AJ Green was one of the top five picks. Uh, Gurley, you know, uh, didn't produce as well as you would have hoped. I mean, Elliott was a late second rounder, and he was one of the best players in mm-hmm. in fantasy. So it's just, you know, you can't get a, a name running back beyond, let's say, the middle of the second round, early third round. But the key is to try and figure out who is the next up, who is going to be the running back who's going to break out and get the 1,200-yard season with the set, you know, with the eight, nine touchdowns. It's it's great if you can pick up the Doug Martins who have a great game in week four and you pick up for the rest of the season, but it's a lot better if you can get them on your roster and keep them there. And that's really what the draft's about. It's a little bit a skill, it's a little bit of luck, and you know, and then that's what the fantasy season's all about. It, it, it's, it's, you know, who do you play? When do you play them? Who's playing who? When's your bye week? There's so much that goes into it. I think that's what makes it uh, so addicting to people. Not twenty team addicting, but pretty, you know, pretty addicting. <laughs> so here's if we didn't talk about where's where's Elliot going this year? See now is he he's going down. I know, but somebody's going. Somebody's going. I mean, right. I, I think you and I will take him, George. Probably, you know. I, I mean, I, I, did there, a, I did a mock you know. earlier, and he was sitting there, you know, in the second round. Yeah, I took him. So what, you know? Just make sure. Second you, round. Wow. Yeah. yeah, he's he's falling out of the first round completely. Well, who'd you but take I mean, first? I mean, he's going to miss. I don't remember. Okay. He's going to miss. I do, you know, I do a ton of those 60, I don't remember. Forty percent of his games. That's crazy. By the way, I don't think this thing gets reduced. You might not. I think. I t- huh? Go ahead. No, go ahead, George. No, I was going to say just because they put this, they implemented this Ray Rice. Yeah. Right. And this is the first time it's come up. Right. And so I don't think this is a, you know, uh, uh, I've been thinking about it. I don't think this is a, a suspend them high and and you know aim high whatever you know. Deal. I can't so, make it. I, I don't know because they they are very close to the vest on any conduct, sort of. And I don't know if this is something they mess with. Yeah, right. I mean, I, but I this agree, is... George. I mean, I, we were texting right after they handed them that suspension. The first thing I said was, "This will be four." Yeah, I, I, and I thought I thought too. I thought they they do, but the more and more I think about it, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is the stand that Goodell has to take, and he has to take a stand that it doesn't take uh, a video of an elevator to suspend a player. Right. Now, you know. It, it's a tough situation with Elliot because there wasn't a court case and uh, he is making some claims now that he's going to use in his appeal. Mm-hmm. So maybe there'll be something in his appeal that, that will uh, necessitate Goodell or whoever's going to hear the, uh, the, hear the appeal to lower it. But you're right right now, unless there's a, a, you know, um, 
a big change into this story. I agree. I don't think we're seeing Ezekiel Elliott till late October. I mean, there's not a lot of details either. I mean, yeah. we know it's a domestic situation. I was thinking it was something new because when it came out last year, they threw it out. Yeah, I thought that was over with. So apparently the NFL did not. But in terms of details, I saw that, you know, the the girl put out some pictures. But in terms of details of what actually happened, I haven't, unless you've seen them, I haven't heard any details of, you know, the actual event. No, so it's, it's, hard, it's, it's hard for me to really, you know, try to say should it be reduced, should it be six, because I don't know the details or, or how horrific, you know, and, and gruesome really the incident was. I don't know what happened. You know, so it's hard for me, you know, they can say six. Okay, when you say six games, that's got to be something. It's got to be really bad. Yeah. It's got to be a terrible incident. But you haven't given any details. So I really can't, you know, you. I think just go on what you tell me. You tell me six games, okay, six games. I don't exactly know what he did. Yeah, so I can't game. draw a conclusion. I mean, I know it, what you say, but it, I don't know. You know, I don't know the ramp. What what really happened? It's really it's very There's interesting no the reaction to this uh, in in the media and by fans. That I know we've gotten super serious here after after talking about fantasy teams for a while. But it's interesting the way that this has kind of been treated. In, in that Goodell seems to have. Uh, taken back the the role of enforcer in the NFL, and I don't think people are questioning this as much as they've questioned other things. Now, obviously, this is not ball deflation. This is a whole different matter, right. mm-hmm. and I just feel like he has this tacit support with the six games uh, from everyone else who's not Jerry Jones, yeah. and it's just an interesting uh, dynamic the way that sort of played out, and if Goodell can get through this suspension and can keep it at six, then it's going to be, uh, first of all, we hope a deterrent. And, and, you know, we hope that there's this doesn't need to happen every year uh, with players and unfortunately happens too much. But uh, if he can get six games, I think that's a good number. I, it's, I mean, that's a lot of money for guys. It's 40% of their salary. Elliot's losing 2 million. And he's not even making that much yeah, this yeah, year. So I, I think that that's a good number for him to, to lay down and it'd be good for the NFL and the players association. If that was the number, because it lets people know the league is serious about this stuff. And we'll see what happens. All right, Chris has got to go study for his, one of his other fantasy drafts, so we have to let Chris go. <laughs> well, you know, the sun just came out, and I'm going to go, uh, you know, su- sunbathe by the pool, because like I said, no job. So right. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyone out there, uh, fire Chris Chase. Uh, I'm looking. <laughs> On Twitter, and he'll hopefully join us next week. All right, Chris, thanks. All right, Chris, thanks, All right. But also to that point, it's it's Dallas. Yeah. And Dallas has had how many suspensions this offseason? So a lot of people are not going to, you know, really question Goodell when he, you know, hands this down to a Dallas player, no matter who it is, because they have created a history of that recent history this offseason. Mm-hmm. This has to be, what, four or five just this, this offseason? That's what it is for, yeah. And then you go back to last year with Randy Gregory, Orlando McClain, yeah. and, and, and some other guys. So over the last two years, They've racked up a lot of totals of suspensions for various reasons. You had the Julius Randle uh, situation, or Joseph Randle. Not Julius Randle. He plays for the Lakers. Joseph Randle. You had that situation. He's still in draws and cologne and all that other stuff. So you you have that, and 
And and the the lucky whitehead thing where they misplayed that mm-hmm. when they they was like okay they're gonna try to lay down the law but they laid down the law on the wrong guy and he wasn't even in in right. the state when that happened so I think the you know people are are staying with Goodell on that because Jerry Jones and his team they have created a reputation they have players that do stupid stuff and get suspended and then no one's gonna question that right. We'll see. All right, we've gone way off the rails on this one. <laughs> We're going to have to get out of here. Uh, we've lost Chris Gion. He decided to leave us. Chris Chase is leaving us. we got to go. Uh, All right, you know thank what? you for tuning in to the yeah. DC Sports, uh, DMV Sports Roundtable. We'll come back next week, and we'll see what we can uh, accomplish and how far off the rails we can go next week as well.